1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Jumping off into our third and final hour here of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Good to have you aboard along with Herb Tyler, former LSU quarterback, the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Aber. I'm Christian Garrick. We are at 4500 Chapatula Street at Rouse's Markets, the official supermarket of LSU Athletics. We want to SECU at Rouse's today. Come on by and get your beer, your wine, party platters, chips, and everything else you need for game day, and it is a fantastic weekend in Louisiana or for Louisiana across the board, whether it's Nichols, whether it's LSU, whether it's the Saints, you name it, football, ULL, football in Louisiana is Southeast. high stakes. Southeastern, high stakes. And uh, I, mean, I don't know if we've ever had this m- much relevance in terms of the, in this entire state.
3: I don't know if we have, but it's fun. It's yes. fun. Every corner of the state that you look at, some team is playing somewhere for something. That matters, right?
4: Well, because we love football, yeah. and uh, boy, and you have your team, you know. Especially if you, you know, you might be an LSU fan, but you went to Nickel State, or you went to right. Southeastern, or um, now uh, a lot of Louisiana Lafayette fans they're they're bitter towards LSU. I know that that and that goes back to even baseball and, and stuff. But uh, but it, it's <laughs> all it's all Louisiana, uh, you know. So uh, they're gonna have a tough game against Appalachian State in boom, yep. North Carolina. They have I want to say they're like 0 for seven or 0 eight. They have not never beaten Appalachian State, so that'll be a big game. I and mean, they lost earlier in the season at home. I want to say it was like 10 zero or something.
3: Yeah, something like so that. So
4: weird
2: score. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good for for Louisiana. And look, I I get it. If you're an LSU fan, you're an LSU fan. But there's nothing wrong with being an LSU fan, cheering for Nichols, cheering for Southeastern. Yeah. You're not playing against each other. You're not even playing in the same conference are at the same level. Uh, so It's just representing pull, Louisiana. Right, and it, it represents this state. So we're, we're all excited. We're all pulling for it. And what a weekend today and tomorrow, in particular with LSU, in the SEC title game against Georgia, mm-hmm. the Saints hosting the 49ers tomorrow for the rights for NFC supremacy. I mean, you can feel the energy. It's palpable here in, in New Orleans and in, in the state of Louisiana. Well, the biggest upset
4: in college football uh, this season – I think considering what you're playing for would be Nickel State and at, uh, at North Dakota State in Fargo. Yep. North Dakota State's a machine.
3: Machine.
4: Uh, like the, they like win championship after championship. and uh so are they the, the Bisons? Uh, yes, uh, the Bisons yep. playing in Fargo. And, you know, people say, oh, where's going to be cold up there? No, they play the Fargo Dome. So they're in a dome, so a controlled environment. They, they are that good. It's like almost a look at the players that they have up there. You look how good Wisconsin is in that area, or Minnesota, mm-hmm. or uh, like it could be Nebraska, Iowa, all in those areas where uh, they can't all go uh, to like Wisconsin or Minnesota. Like it's like not every player can go to LSU, right? So North Dakota State, really. If you look at uh, the the uh, uh, the two Dakotas, I never understood why you don't have one Dakota. Why you need a North and South Dakota? There's not enough people, but it is what it is. But you look how good they are. North Dakota, North Dakota State, South Dakota State. At this level, football, they amongst the best. And I think they get a lot of big corn-fed athletes. They are tough in the trenches. Then they get the skilled athletes to come in. And, um, and they're always amongst the best. And they
3: always have, you know, just a prototypical drop-back quarterback. That's six 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 seven right?
4: Carson Wentz, yep. North Dakota State, uh, yep. was the Philadelphia Eagles. So. ULL
2: is not doing too hot right now. They're getting smoked pretty good by App State, 35-14.
4: Well, that does not surprise me considering uh, App State. Uh, that, that might be, uh, you know, one of those schools uh, when you look at Christian and obviously the state schools because uh, – you know, you look at uh, North, North, University of North Carolina Tar Heels, North Carolina State Wolfpack, and then you got Duke. Then you got Wake Forest. Well, Appalachian State, um, listen, they. Uh, I think, yeah. Appal- Cadet. Appalachian State upset yep. North Carolina this year early in the year, and North Carolina should have beat
2: Clemson. Yep. If you look yep. out that up. So, yep. App State's for real. They came on to national prominence on the <laughs> radar when they beat Michigan in the big house yep. a handful of years ago. Yep.
4: Without a doubt, with that, with that block field goal or something, yeah. Uh, yep.
3: Appalachian and, State is uh, the real deal. And Michigan had not been the same since. No, yeah, yeah, yeah right. You're right, yeah. they
2: haven't. It. it kind of changed the course of <laughs> their yep. – the direction of their program. It sure did. Bobby Hebert, Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick, it's the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show, live from Rouse's Markets, the official supermarket of LSU Athletics. You're listening to WWL. Back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust, Tiger Tailgating Show, live from Rouse's Markets, 4500 Chapatula Street is where you can find us until 1 o'clock. We'll hand things off to the LSU Sports Radio Network, getting you set for the SEC Championship game, LSU and Georgia. We want to SECU at Rouse's today. Come on by and get your party platters, your beer, your wine, and everything else you need for LSU game day. And, of course, the Saints as well tomorrow. Earlier in the week on Sports Talk, myself and Bobby Hebert sat down with Anthony Dasher of UGA Sports Com. Here it is. Big weekend of football for the home teams. Welcome back to Sports Talk. Bobby Hebert, Christian Garrick. Time now for Behind Enemy Lines. Brought to you by Acadian Windows, the official window company of the Houdat Nation. Helping us to do so. Anthony Dasher, Managing Editor, UGA Sports.com. Anthony, what's the buzz in Athens about, yeah, LSU hasn't faced a defense quite as good as this, and also Georgia hasn't faced an offense quite like the one they're going to see Saturday uh, in the SEC title game?
0: Yeah, no doubt. Obviously, there's a you know, a lot of kind of buzz actually you know, going on about this game. Georgia's third straight time to the uh, SEC championship, and uh, everybody I think that I talk to, uh, players, uh, fans I, I speak with, uh, they're very aware of what's uh, what's lying ahead in, in Mercedes-Benz on uh, on Saturday. Obviously, one of the in my team, one of the top two dynamic offenses of the entire country, uh, Georgia. Defensively, I mean, this is the best defense I've seen Georgia have in the 23 years I've been covering this program. That said, LSU's offense is about as good as I've seen as well. So uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, if, what, if Georgia can manage enough on offense to keep LSU's offense off the field, and on the other hand, uh, can Georgia somehow find, find a way, which not a lot of people have, of getting some kind of pressure on Joe Burrow uh, to at least get him off this game a little bit. But like I said, nobody's really done that so far this season.
4: Yeah, when you talk about the quarterback position, uh, Joe Burrow and Jake Fromm, Anthony, boy, it's amazing how in one year uh, Joe Burrow, and bought the skins he's put on the wall, he's going to win the yeah. Heisman Trophy. And yeah. then I look at Jake Fromm. Uh, the game they lost, he didn't play well against South Carolina.
0: Yeah. And
4: for them to even have a chance against LSU, I know the Georgia Bulldog fans say, well, well, Jake Fromm has to come to play, obviously.
0: Uh, no doubt. I mean, if Jake Fromm is not on, quote-unquote, his game, Georgia's not going to have a... A chance in this one. I mean, uh, you mentioned the South Carolina game. He had four turnovers in that contest. Uh, what, three interceptions, had a pick six, uh, had a fumble. I mean, and Georgia lost the game by three points in overtime. Since then, he has not had a turnover, not thrown an interception. And sometimes I think uh, he, uh, uh, maybe it gets a little a little too conservative. I mean, he'll take a sack from time to time instead of putting the ball up. But I think the biggest concern, though, is uh, you look back at the past four ball games, Jake probably has not completed 50% of his passes. And that's a, a little bit of, a, of an issue, I think. Like I said, especially when you want to have some kind of ground control, you know, clock controlling offense, uh, he's going to need to do a little better job with that percentage in this contest coming up. But good news for Jake, he has played well in, the, in Mercedes, been in three previous games, so maybe that's something that can carry over for him.
2: Anthony, they're depleted. The Bulldogs are a little bit offensively, too, with some weapons and, and also sus, uh, suspension, right?
0: No doubt about it. I mean, Lawrence Cage has been Georgia's best receiver this year, uh, He's, uh, he's gone for the year. He's got an injury. He won't he won't play. And, then, of course, George Pickens, uh last week he his Georgia Tech decided he wanted to get into a, a fight uh, after a play, so he's going to be suspended for the first half of this win. And then there's DeAndre Swift. DeAndre uh, bruised his uh, shoulders. That's described as contusion. Coach Smart says he's fine. He's going to play. But he's still, you know, until you see him out there, it's how effective he's going to be. That's a little bit of the question right there at this moment as well.
4: Now, uh, Anthony, uh, boy, you talk about Swift and obviously wanting to run the ball. Uh, but I-, I want you to break down for the fans uh, looking at the Georgia defense. And, uh-huh. I-, and I was kind of telling LSU fans, boy, if we can have the LSU offense and the Georgia defense, I'd almost guarantee a, a-, a national championship. I'm looking yeah. at Georgia and that uh, they've been rock solid, to say the least, they look ranked second with the fewest points allowed at 10.5 uh, basically against the run. 71 yards, uh, fourth in total defense uh, in the nation at 257. But they haven't played the likes of LSU. What is your take? Are, are, are those numbers maybe skewed considering the opponent? Or do you think Georgia's defense is that legit?
0: I think Georgia's defense is that legit. Now, of course, you can look at the games against Arkansas State and Murray State. But uh, I think every team uh, anymore plays some you know cupcakes like that throughout the course of the season. Right. Georgia's defense, so I think it is, it is legit. You see what they've done against Auburn. See what, see what they did against Florida. See what they've uh, you know done in some of these other contests. I mean, they've shut people down. And uh, and what's funny about this D two is that you look at the uh, individual players as not really that what you would call a star. only. it's just a bunch of guys who have bought in, 11 has to the ball, and they play hard. And that's, that's that's pretty much been their mantra this you know this season. They have do, again, they're doing some very good players. A lot of four stars, a couple of five star playing D, but. Really, if you're looking for that that star, that really stud player like a Derrick Brown at Auburn, you're not going to find it at UGA. Just a bunch of players who play really hard and, and try to get a job done that way.
2: Anthony, this front offensive line, this, uh, this offensive line for Georgia, you got four or five guys there that are going to be playing on Sundays, and you've got yeah. two, two of them perhaps that are going to go early in April's draft.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, left tackle Andrew Thomas uh, – I've seen projections as NBA goes high as before, you know, coming up in, in April. So he's a, what, 6'6", six, six, 320. You go on the right side, you got a, you know, Isaiah Wilson, he goes 6'7", 340. you got Ben Cleveland right guard, 6'5", 330. And then, uh, you know, so you got a center that's, that's 335, and then a, a left guard that goes about 320. All three, all, all five of those guys are, it's a wall. It's a, it's a bunch of big dudes. Uh, sometimes they've been a little inconsistent as far as their run blocking goes. Uh the pass pro they keep Jake from safe and that's what they're going to have to do again on Saturday afternoon.
4: Now, Anthony, when you look at uh, the fan base and uh, obviously, uh, boy, listen, Athens to Atlanta, what is that? 80 miles? I mean, it's right there, but I'm looking at LSU six appearance in a title game. Since inception in 1992, the Tigers are four and one. Uh, Well, I remember back in 2011, uh, the 42 to 10 route. So, the Georgia fans, that they are, they a little uneasy, even though uh, that it's almost basically a home game for them. But uh, LSU has really come to play in the, not know it was the Georgia on you know, now Mercedes-Benz Stadium, but uh, Atlanta has uh, been a good host for LSU as far as how well they have played.
0: Oh no doubt, and I remember that 2011 game. I remember the crowd; it almost seemed like there was many folks in the Baton Rouge area came to Atlanta. I'm mean, not fully expect there's going to be a lot of a, uh, you know. Gold and gold and purple, you know, walking around downtown come Friday afternoon. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's a situation this ball game where I think Georgia is really. I mean, one thing the fans are mostly concerned of is this Georgia's offense and can they produce enough points? They know they can't get to a shootout. That's a game they will not win, and, and uh, that's been the big issue all along. James Cully, the offensive coordinator, has taken a lot of shots for fans. Uh, Jake Fromm again in himself has, has taken a lot of uh, criticism from people. Again, mentioning that less than fifty percent uh, for the last four ball games. So. Uh, I think most of people's concerns about Georgia just can they score enough points to make this game interesting, or you know, possibly win it. Anthony, who are you taking? I'm taking LSU. I mean, I really am. Again, I just don't think uh, when you look on the offensive side, Georgia has uh, enough uh, guys capable of making explosive plays. When you look on the LSU side, I mean, you're talking five, six, seven, eight guys who can take the ball to the house anytime they touch the ball. And you know, you've got a quarterback, the caliber of Joe Burrow, who is uh, just uh, like you said is going to win the Heisman Trophy this year. It's going to be uh, a hard task, and uh, Georgia missing those guys we talked about earlier, that's going to make their job that much more difficult. But I'm thinking something like 35 to 24, something along those lines. I think Georgia will score some, but LSU, I think it's just too dynamic right now on offense for Georgia to win.
4: But, Anthony, uh, you know, desperate measures, it's almost like a wild card game. Uh, You know, you win, you keep playing. Look at Georgia where they're at right now to be in the Final Four. Well, if you win, you're going to be in. So uh, I I could see uh, Kirby. Uh, I, I, obviously telling his team, look, no one's going to expect you to win. Exactly. You against the world. So I think that could also come into play that, hey. The, be playing with loose, house money. Yeah, foot, loose, fancy, yeah. free, just go there and see what happens.
0: Hey, exactly. And Georgia, historically, has played pretty well when they've been underdogs. And we saw that uh, in the national championship against Alabama, you know, a couple years ago, we saw it in the SEC championship game last year, It's a tie almost pulled the game out. So they have played very well. When they've been there, uh, considered a huge underdog. We'll see what happens on Saturday afternoon.
2: Anthony Dasher, UGA Sports.com, covering the Georgia Bulldogs, previewing the SEC Championship game Saturday in Atlanta. Thanks to Anthony. We appreciate it.
0: Thanks, Anthony. Anytime, guys. Yep. All right,
2: that's a wrap for Behind Enemy Lines, brought to you by Acadian Windows, the official window company of the Hudat Nation. And we'll send it to a break, and we'll come back here at Rouse's for the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show with Jimmy Smith, Tigerdetails.com, continuing to break down what could be an epic football weekend in Louisiana. Phone lines are open at 504-260-1870. Text 870-870. LSU and Georgia today in the SEC title game in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. You expect a, what, 70% Georgia crowd there?
4: Yeah, it's not no 50-50 deal. You know, I talked to a number of fans because very well, uh, you know, you look at disposable income and some fans want to stay in town and not do that much traveling because they still got to work during the week and want to be there for the Saints 49ers game at 12 noon. Uh, but almost like watching LSU on TV, and uh, you have your diehards, but I think it's going to be uh, 70, 30-type crowd, 70% Georgia. But because uh, they were, you know, telling me and explained to me, which makes a lot of sense, is that if LSU is the number one seed, they're going to be right back in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium yeah. playing the playoff game. And so wanting to go to that instead, then obviously you want to be in New Orleans for the national well, championship game.
3: Well, I think the 25% of those Tiger fans that are going to be there are going to really be loud. I'm oh, saying. yes. Yeah, 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 be yeah, 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 <laughs> They're,
4: they're going to be showing up. Then they're going to have a uh, lot
3: to cheer for too.
4: Yes, and now, listen, they've had the Georgia Bulldogs number. Uh, like I said, you played them. Yeah, three out of uh, the last. Uh, yeah, they, they, they played three SEC championship games, and we won two out two of the up. three. And then uh, we played either – we played either Georgia or we've played Tennessee. And mm-hmm. um, if you look, they beat Tennessee twice. So, uh, really, this is uh, LSU's second home, the SEC yeah. championship game, uh, with only one loss when you consider, uh, you know, a 4-1 and one record. That That's pretty dominant. And
3: it's been, what, eight years since we've been to West. Yes. yes. So, we're hungry. It's yeah. time, man. It's exactly. time. How about Lane Kiffin
2: potentially joining Ole Miss? Yeah.
4: Um, well, Ole Miss has the facilities. Uh, you know, you look at uh, in the SEC all the facilities to recruit players. Uh, listen, I think uh, Ole Miss might be more attractive than Arkansas because I look at Mississippi players, the proximity uh, to Louisiana yep, and yep. all the areas. So, in the, uh, in the
3: following too, the fan base, I yes, think it's, it's a lot bigger than Arkansas. Well, so.
4: well and, and and then I'm more passionate. Yeah, yeah, it. and and. I think it's good for LSU. Boy, you talk about the LSU Ole Miss rivalry. Yeah. And just to have Lane Kiffin in the SEC, uh, boy, that's a good conversation. Uh, so, yeah, Lane Kiffin's legit. Uh, he knows what he's doing. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, flamboyant. Uh, y- you look at him, uh, what he's done with, with Saban, that relationship at Alabama. He's a head coach at Tennessee. He was at USC. So, he will trying to get him at LSU. Right. He, he was going to be uh, the original offensive coordinator before he took the Florida Atlantic job. Uh, is that uh, yeah. yeah.
2: correct? Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy Smith of TigerDetails.com joining us now. He's in Atlanta. <laughs> Jimmy, what, you ready for this weekend, man? It's going to be an epic one, uh, starting with LSU today and then Saints-Niners tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I think a great weekend for football in the state of Louisiana. Um, I, you know, a lot of faithful out in Atlanta right now uh, trying to cheer on the Tigers this weekend and two really big games, monumental monumental games that can really swing the season for both programs and franchises. So a very intriguing football weekend.
2: Jimmy, how do you figure the Georgia defense is going to try to slow down this LSU offense?
1: Yeah, I think they're going to take some of that Auburn game plan um, where you're dropping seven or eight in coverage a good portion of the time. Um, Almost, I don't want to say giving LSU the five, six-yard runs, but but acknowledging that that's not the danger that this team presents, that it's in that passing game, and that's what you really have to limit. So I expect them to play a lot of two-deep safety coverage, uh, try to keep everything in front of them, um, pick their spots with some blitzes, but Burrow's been so good against the blitz this year, it's kept a lot of defensive coordinators at bay, and I think we'll see more of that today. So uh, it's really going to be, can can they be efficient enough in the short-to-intermediate passing game, and can they stop the the – the Georgia rushing attack. Those are the keys to the game for LSU today.
4: Now, uh, you know, Jay, when you look at it, because uh, pick your poison, and you're always trying to make teams one-dimensional, and all I know is in the games, uh, no matter who they play, you might say, well, let Edwards Hilaire uh, get his yard and stop the passing game. But when he's rushing for 175 yards, uh, to me, <laughs> that's not a winning formula. No, not at all. We, we're not even – we look at right. the great plays they make in the passing game. Yeah. But Edwards Hilaire – if he has 175 yards type game against, uh, cause particularly how Georgia stopped the run, I don't see how LSU could not win by double digits uh, plus.
1: Yeah, I think they, they, can't have, they can't allow that type of yardage. You know, I think they think with their defense and as sound as they are tackling in space and maintaining gap integrity and things of that nature, they can limit Clyde. I think for them, a victory would be around that 100 yard mark if it means that you're allowed to play seven or eight deep in coverage and I feel like they've been so successful against the run this year they're probably somewhat confident they can do that. Um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire proven to be extremely slippery in space, one of the hardest guys to bring down and tackle so uh, not many teams have been successful down the stretch here but uh, it's pick your poison. What else are you going to do? You know you can't crowd the line of scrimmage against this offense and those big plays kill you and You've got to try to limit something, and I think they're going to try to limit the big plays in the passing game.
3: Jimmy, my, my big sister, Brenda Aguilar, texted me. She asked me a question. She says, little brother, which, which one gives, a good Georgia defense or a good LSU offense? So you give me the answer. Which one gives?
1: georgia defense i mean a good auburn defense gave up 500 plus yards lsu wasn't able to capitalize on some of those possessions to turn them all into points but 500 Mm -hmm. yards is not a good defensive effort by anybody's standards Uh, florida's defense who i think is just as good as georgia's um, they weren't able to do anything their defense gave so i think georgia's defense is going to give here and it's really going to put the onus on the offense can the georgia offense put up 30-plus points, something they've really struggled to do this year against uh, uh, against solid defenses, can they match LSU's um, you know scoring totals on the offensive side of the ball? And I, I just don't see that happening.
2: Bobby, I want to point out, these two gentlemen, Jimmy and Herb, right, are the only two that called the LSU-Alabama victory before the season even started.
3: Before it started, yeah.
2: Both of them. Yeah. Well, uh, but yeah,
4: but her, but but her but her bleeds purple and gold. He he probably picks LSU every year, right, Herb?
3: I did. I picked him every year. <laughs> yeah, right. but, but, uh, but this uh, year that's I was what right. Right. Okay. right. That's
1: what no, I'm gonna I, say. I, Not to stand over Herb, <laughs> even though that can be easy at times. Uh, but Herb right. always picks the purple and gold. <laughs> always. You got to go with the
2: Tigers. Yeah. Hey, man, look,
3: I, it was something different though, and I think Jimmy could attest to this. This. This team, we saw something manifesting last year with Joe Barrow, with Coach O'Geron, and then all of a sudden, right I think it was right in the spring where we heard this kid named Joe Brady was coming over from the New Orleans Saints as the offensive a of pass um, um, coordinator. Um and, and then when you hear that coming from the Saints, you know it's gotta be good, right? First of right, all, right, yeah, how efficient the right. offensive was. So at that point, and then we're like, you know what, we got some talent. And, Jimmy, tell me if I'm right. We knew going into the season that it would be really, really good, and we had the best opportunity to beat Alabama, but we didn't think it would be as good as this, and then they've exceeded all expectations.
1: Yeah, no, I didn't quite expect. A, I had an 11-1 and season that was yeah. my prediction going in on our website. I didn't expect them to be 12-0 and and this dominant in a lot of these games. Didn't expect the offense to be that 50-point type offense. I thought it would be – far more prolific than we've seen in years past with good balance. I did think the defense was going to be a little better, though. So I did think LSU was definitely one of those top four teams in the country. I thought Alabama was going to take a step back. And, and I got news for you guys. Alabama takes two steps back next year. Mark my words. That will be a 9-3 and three team in Tuscaloosa oh, next year. I agree. So, I, I'm with you. Yeah, so LSU paving the way here for future success beyond this year.
4: And, and, and Jimmy, you're talking about scoring 50 points. Was Joe borrow a profit or what is that manning passing academy everybody's kind of chuckling well we can score 40 50 60 points and that's what's actually what's happened yep. to me that is unbelievable that's the most unbelievable statement that has actually happened and occurred considering that was like uh what that july
2: was, that was blasphemy when i, you I said mean it. like
4: what come on like, what are you smoking it's like I, I, uh, listen, I, i'm glad you're optimistic But 40, 50, 60 points, and then it happens? They average 48 a game. Whoa, whoa,
3: (laughs) Look, sometimes when some people speak, they speak from experience and they know, and that's what that came from.
2: Jimmy, I want to ask you, what has LSU's season done for recruiting? I mean, it's almost like they're going to have to put guys on a waiting list or perhaps even guys that are on scholarship this year might not be under scholarship next year.
1: Yeah, it's been been crazy. LSU took a slew of commitment commitments from guys earlier in the process that in any given year they'd be happy to sign but now they have a a new level in the amount of the vast amount of, of high level prospects coming in wanting to be a part of the class is having them to make some tough decisions and force some of those guys that would be you know high caliber players in the SEC out of the class to make room for some of these elite guys and it's similar to we call it attrition in the recruiting business it's similar to what we've seen from Alabama in the years um, Clemson doesn't really operate that way. Um, they don't hand out a lot of scholarships, so they're not needing to adjust things on the back end. But this is what Alabama, this is what Georgia has been doing of years in recent years. Ohio State under Urban Meyer. It's take what you can, and then when you have that great season, you build on that momentum, and then you can shift things around at the end to get the top elite guys in the class. This is the best recruiting class I've ever seen in the history of LSU, and this it's not a coincidence that this coincides with possibly their best regular season performance in, in, in program history.
4: Now, uh, Jimmy, we were talking about this earlier, and obviously when you are uh, trying to attack a, a defense like University of Georgia, and uh, it's not by accident uh, that you look where they're ranked. Uh, what led the SEC only giving up 71 yards a run, 257 yards a game. But the one weak link they could have defensively, I was reading where kind of like over the middle, uh, a bigger tight receiver, especially the tight end position. I was looking at the Notre Dame tight end uh, when he ended up having nine catches, 108 yards. Looking at the Florida tight end, he had four catches, 78 yards with Thaddeus Moss. The, this could be uh, a Thaddeus Moss-type game where I say he probably has maybe half a dozen catches.
1: Yeah, and I'm kind of with you. I think that's where they're going to look to attack the field this, this week in particular is that middle portion of the field. They've been really good there all year. We know coming from the Saints offense there are a lot of elements to attack the seam in this passing game. We haven't seen a ton of it this year, but we've seen enough to know that it's there. And with guys like Thaddeus Moss and Justin Jefferson in the slot, um, that's where I think they're going to they're gonna, uh, really attack. And with Georgia trying to take away the big play, that typically happens on the outside. So, And those safeties have to respect Jamar Chase and Terrace Marshall's ability to get downfield. So uh, they're probably going to be a little quick on that trigger to get off that hash and, and start to attack that sideline and take away those big plays on the outside, which is going to open up the middle of that field. I think Thaddeus Moss. I think you hit it on the head today. He could be one of the unsung heroes in this ball game. I look for him to have five, six, seven catches and really become one of those X factors in this ball game.
2: Jimmy Smith, publisher of TigerDetails.com. What's on the site right now, man?
1: Well, you know everything LSU Georgia. You know we've got some predictions on the message board. Lots of chatter um, after the game. We're gonna have any and everything we can offer. Uh, All the prep post-game interviews, all the analysis, and looking ahead uh, immediately after the game as we anticipate LSU to be in the playoffs uh, moving forward.
2: Jimmy, go enjoy this one, man. It should be fun.
1: It's going to be a big one, guys. Y'all take care. All right, Jimmy. All right, Jimmy.
2: We'll step away and wrap this up. The Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here at Rouse's Markets, the official supermarket of LSU athletics, here on WWL. Winding down here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Delgating Show from Rouse's Markets, the official supermarket of LSU Athletics. LSU and Georgia set to get underway in just over two hours in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Before we push out of here, I want to thank the great staff over here, Tim Acosta and company at Rouse's. Does a great job taking care of us. Our on-site Marcy. En- Marcy Nathan as well does a great job with us as well on the, uh, on the road with us. Our on-site engineer, Dominic Mitchum, back at Master Control, Logan Falgu. And, uh, excuse me, Joey Falgu. Joey Falgu. I was used to working <laughs> with Logan. Nonetheless, uh, Joey, great job as always. And, of course, our executive producer and program director, Diane Newman. Right now at the uh, Big 12 championship at halftime, it's Baylor 13, Oklahoma 10.
4: It might be the Baylor Bears. Boy, it, it's about turning around a program. Yeah. Look at Baylor. It wasn't that long ago they had a bunch of outlaws whether it's the football, the basketball team where they're ready to, to like, uh, have the death penalty. Yeah. Yep. Okay, taking a coach's name now. Art Bart Bart Bar- Bar- Yes. <laughs> talk about a
3: gangster. <laughs> and talk about a, a really good offensive mastermind, too. Yes. Just do it all the way. Him but and his it son.
2: Ju-
4: it just goes to show you, uh, you know, you get the right coach, the right yep. recruits and Waco. Yep. Listen, Baylor I- is what University of Texas hopes to become yep. in Austin.
3: Ooh. And they won't.
4: No. I mean, <laughs> not I at mean, the time. Or, or, yeah, or, even, or even TCU. I mean, come on, uh, Joe from Mandeville, <laughs> the Longhorns and the Cowgirls <laughs> right now. Uh, again, suckle, uh, right? how are you going to win a, a national championship, a world championship, when you're not even the state champ?
3: So They're like, not
4: even the state champ. <laughs> like my wife
3: says, you can't call them Texas. Just call them University of, <laughs> of Texas at Austin. That's
2: <laughs> yeah, at no, Austin.
4: Oh, I love that. I love, I'm, I'm going to use that with her. Jim I'm gonna, Zimmer just texted me. i to do that from you. you Baylor's
2: <laughs> quarterback is hurt. The backup is in. That's not going to be good. No, that's not that good. Look,
4: yeah be a shootout. All right, that's a wrap here yep. on the
2: Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Join us after the game for the purple and gold point after roughly around 8 p.m. i will be discussing hopefully an LSU win over Georgia in the SEC title game and looking ahead to where LSU could be in the uh, college football playoff rankings, the final one announced tomorrow. Herb, do your thing, man get we'll it go. get it to bobby i'm christian garrick Simplify. i'm out go
3: ahead Herb. you got it man thank y'all for listening be a light in the darkness wherever you are spread love and go tigers
4: all right go tigers bro
0: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds